Oh, jeez. All right, Kai McEwen. It's already, the, it's already off the rails. I mean, <laughs> co-founder of Three Man Weave, and after a, just an absolutely wild, wild college basketball weekend. Let's just go big picture mm. with you first. Anything you learned, anything? Like, what did you take away from this weekend in college hoops? Uh, you know, I'm not sure I learned anything new particularly, but uh, one team I'm kind of looking at to get back in on is Gonzaga. Uh, they took care of business against St. Mary's, kind of their only true competition in the WCC. I think it's a team that people have kind of forgotten about after they've been talked about year after year as the best team in the country. They're only like a top 10 team this year, but I think they have a lot of upside for the NCAA tournament. They're looking like a top three or four seed. I think they have a lot uh, going for them and, and the number one offense in the country. I'm kind of looking to, to get back in on the Zags. When you see a team like Florida State, come back and beat Miami after being down 25, yeah. right? Is that even a meaningful data point for you? Or is this sort of like, all right, uh, it's like a rivalry game. It's an aberration. This does not play into my calculation of who Miami is. Uh, yeah, w with all the other games that they've played already this season, one game is small sample size. Um it's weird that Florida State did that. You kind of would expect them to kind of lay over and die after the season they've had uh, the rest of the year. And certainly a Leonard Hamilton team, this is how I expected them to play kind of all season. They've certainly dealt with injuries, but that was an impressive comeback. Obviously a crazy way to finish that game with Miami hitting what should have been the buzzer beater and then giving up the buzzer beater. But for Miami's outlook, I still think they're a really good team. I still expect them to win the ACC or at least be a top three seed there. And then uh, have a good chance in the NCAA tournament to go to go far. Kai, when I watch Alabama, I've seen now a couple of games where South Carolina, you know, they needed overtime mm -hmm. to beat them. And we saw what happened against Arkansas where it was close. Look, Alabama comes out and they win. Brandon Miller is a tremendous talent. I see a lot of Jason Tatum when I watch him play. But at the same time, we know what's on, uh, or at least what happened in the conversations going on off the court. Is that at all when you watch them do you think that it's a distraction? Do you think it's something that's going to linger, having the conversations? And there was the, the pat down at the beginning of the, you know, the player introductions. And, right. Like all this extra stuff just becomes something that Nate Oates has to answer questions about after games. Mm -hmm. Do you think that is all a distraction to this team? I think it has to be. Yeah, there's no way it's not. And what it does is it takes away from game planning and practice time and, and thinking about the team ahead of you with optics for – you know the rest of the of the country that's asking questions about your program and how you're running things so i i definitely think it's a distraction you know from a gambling perspective they're and two against the spread right since we learned about the brandon miller involvement uh in this situation so going forward i'm going to be pretty cautious with alabama still an incredibly talented talented team brandon miller's he's excellent top five pick in the nba probably this summer um but yeah you you have to think it affects them and probably be cautious on them going forward who has been rising in your estimation in the last, like, two weeks? Good question. I, I, Indiana would probably be one of those teams. Um, I was impressed by their uh, sweep of Purdue uh, recently. Uh, another team is Kentucky in the SEC, uh, clearly a team that's pretty popular uh, nationwide, but a team that's won a lot lately and I think showing their true potential. This was the number one team preseason in Kempom, and they're currently starting to play towards that level with guys out of the lineup. So I think once guys like C.J. Frederick, Sevier Wheeler get back in the lineup, Kentucky could be a team that ends up playing to where we thought they would preseason and make a little run uh, in the tournament. Talking to you and BetMGM tonight, what do you think of Kansas now? Um, I'm watching a team that I feel like has kind of been really not 
it we've had there's been so much about Houston and then Purdue and Alabama and these teams kind of swapping for the number one you know number one spot in the AP poll and you know it's gotten to the point now where oh yeah there's also a team in Kansas that just won a national title I bet them to win the title back when it was ten to one I, I really love this team I think you know look it's not the same team that won but you certainly are seeing what looks to be the makings of maybe a more consistent potential title winner. Where are you on Kansas? Yeah, uh, I think they're top, a top four team, top three team, um, perhaps the best coach in the country and Bill Self, a good guy to, to uh, trust in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, I'm totally in on KU. They have something like 15 Q1 wins this season, which would be a record. It already is a record. Could finish with up to 18 or 19. It's, it's kind of crazy. They, they, likely will be the number one overall seed when all is said and done in the NCAA tournament, assuming they don't lose um, a weird one here down the stretch. But I absolutely think they can compete. Jalen Wilson, um, arguably one of the best players in the country, All-American. Uh, he's a great leader for that team. They have a really solid point guard in Dewan Harris. And I mentioned Self. There's a lot of pieces to like about Kansas. In the Big Ten, we've seen some teams start to claw their way back. Iowa, Rutgers, uh, between those two, who do you have more faith in getting it done, getting into the tournament? I, I guess I'll say Iowa, despite Fran McCaffrey's inability to make the second weekend. I think he's been a coach for something like 24 years, made the tournament several times, has never made the Sweet 16, um, even when having a higher seed, right? Um, but I do trust him over Rutgers because Rutgers hasn't played very well since one of their best players, Maywat Mag, went down with injury several, uh, several games ago. They've been kind of shaky on offense, which has always been the case this season, um, but it's gotten worse. And then defensively, Mag was a big part of what made them so dominant. And I think you've seen the struggles lately. So I'll go with Iowa if having to choose between the two. You know, Kyle, one of the conversations throughout this college basketball season has been obviously the inconsistency of you know teams at the top of the AP poll, right? You know, we look at the preseason number four in Kentucky, preseason number one in North Carolina. UNC's continued to fall off feels like Kentucky's kind of at least found some level of a rhythm. What do you see in them now that we maybe weren't seeing uh, just two or three weeks ago? Good question. <laughs> I, I don't know what has made this team <laughs> finally wake up. Uh, perhaps it's rotations. Uh, Calipari finally figuring out who his better players are and what works. Uh, you know, not to be rude to Severe Wheeler, but his injury kind of opened this team up a little bit. It showed them that playing Case and Wallace, their freshman point guard, was probably better for the long run for this team, for their outlook. And Sheboy's been Sheboy, the, right, the reigning national player of the year. He's been fantastic lately. And they're a really underrated shooting team. Um, everyone thinks of Kentucky as a team that can't really shoot. They don't necessarily need to shoot the three, but they can when left open. And they've been shooting great lately. Their offense has come alive. I think that's been the driving force um, for their ascendance here recently. We talk about, like, these, you know, I guess Cinderella stories, for lack of a better word, Kai. Uh, I don't think you can really put Gonzaga in that category. I don't think you can put no. St. Mary's in that category. Uh, in terms of teams that are not those, right, like the ones that everybody already knows, what are some smaller schools that you think could actually make some noise? I think the one that people will be rooting for is Oral Roberts. Um, they were a team that maybe some people out there do remember because they were a 15-seed who made the Sweet 16. They beat Ohio State in the first round a couple of years back. And they have a, a guard in, in Max Asmus, who is a two-time honorable mention All-American, fantastic player. I think he scored over 2,000 points in his career. Easy guy to root for. Uh, and they have a squad that brought back, I think, 
every starter from last season, a team that was really good. Plus they added a guy in Connor Vanover, a seven foot three behemoth, uh, kind of a walking stick out there uh, who transferred in from Arkansas. So it's a fun team to root for. And their coach, Paul Mills, uh, he's a Scott Drew, former Scott Drew assistant. I think he's a guy to watch going forward for an opening uh, at a bigger school. What do you think of Marquette and the run they've been on now? I mean, it, number six team in the country. This has been Chaka Smart has done really a much better job there than he did at Texas. Is this a team where, I mean, they could be a Final Four team, or is it, hey, this is a nice run now, but you don't maybe see them getting past like the Sweet 16 once we get to March Madness? I think they're a threat to get to the Final Four. Um, number one, they'll be around a three seed, which is a good start, right? You want to kind of pick the teams that have the easier path to the Final Four, theoretically. Uh, but their offense is, is incredible. They don't really have a bona fide star, an obvious star player, but they play so well together. They move the ball. They don't make mistakes. They don't turn the ball over. They rebound really well. Um, it's just a really fun team to watch. The only thing that can kind of hurt them is their defense, but I think Shaka Smart's uh, pressing, his, his ability to, to put pressure on opponents in the full court kind of negates that a little bit in a tournament setting. Um, I, I like their chances going forward. Hopefully Smart can kind of get over the hump uh, of his tournament outcomes the last few years he's been there. You know, Kyle is looking at just some of the Ken Palm rankings here, and we talked to somebody last week that just really is not a believer in Houston being a cut above the rest. Hmm. Um, you look at their adjusted offense, though, they're insane, fourth in the country, but their defense, obviously, sixth in the country. Kind of feels like just the most balanced team in college basketball. Like, talk me off of, of my Houston love. Like, what what is there that you think, it, when you look at them, that they're most vulnerable in? Uh, I, I'm not going to talk you off them because I love them. <laughs> I, I, I love this team. They're probably my favorite to win the title. They're the favorites in betting markets, of course, but I don't think they're seen as the favorites by a lot of people out there. And it's probably because they play in the American, right? They're not a, a power uh, a power conference school yet until they join the Big 12, but they get ignored in the same way Gonzaga was getting ignored the last couple of years because they're playing the quote-unquote softer schedule. Um, I, I think it's ridiculous. You saw what they did in the non-conference portion. They beat really good teams. Um, you know, their only losses to Alabama and Temple, uh, no real shame there. And Kelvin Sampson, I put him near the top of my coaching rankings. Uh, fantastic uh, practice coach and game coach, and they rebound the ball so well that I, I think they're just a super consistent and reliable team to put money on to make the Final Four and beyond. Talking to Kami Q and BetMGM tonight, uh, has UCLA separated themselves from Arizona now in the Pac-12? Because for a while, it felt like the conversation was Arizona, UCLA, I don't know. We saw what Arizona State did to Arizona over the weekend. It feels like now UCLA, they've won eight straight. They got a three-game lead just in the Pac-12 alone. It feels like now they've just kind of separated themselves from the rest of the pack in that conference. Yeah, I think so. I, I guess UCLA has to beat Arizona in the last game of the season to really make it so, but if you ask me who's better right now, I think it's UCLA, and I think they're primed for a run as well. Um, their defense is kind of what sets them apart from Arizona. Second-best defense in the country per Ken Palm. I love their point guard, Tiger Campbell. They have an All-American in Jaime Jaquez who really doesn't get a lot of press. You know, Johnny Juzang got a lot of attention last season, but Jaquez has played just as well as Juzang last year and probably better considering what he can do on the defensive end. So I'm, I'm all for UCLA. Mick Cronin's been there with this team to the Final Four already. Um, I, I think they're a real threat to win the title. Kai, just going back on uh, the Pac-12 discussion, why do you feel like it's such a, a weak conference? And, and how do you think some of these teams going to the uh, the Big Ten are going to affect things? If I had to 
say one thing, it'd probably be coaching. Um, I, they don't have a strong crop of coaches um, in terms of top to bottom. I think Tommy Lloyd's a great coach at Arizona. I think Cronin's a great coach at UCLA. Past that, and Craig Smith as well at Utah, Kyle Smith, Washington State. But past that, I don't really trust a lot of these coaches. I think you're going to see a lot of jobs turn over this offseason. Um, who knows if Hurley's going to be there at a- ASU. I think uh, Hass has gone at Stanford, um, so on and so forth. But I think UCLA and USC will be okay in the Big Ten. I have my doubts about USC. I'm not a believer in Andy Enfield. I think UCLA would be just fine. They'll fit in and challenge for titles every year in that conference. Got about a minute left. Uh, I know you mentioned you talked a little bit about you know, Cinderella, as Trista brought up, but give us maybe one or two other teams that people aren't paying attention to enough that given the wide openness, I don't know if that's a word, wide openness, we'll say it's a word, uh, of, of the college <laughs> basketball right now, that may have a chance to be that surprise team that gets to the Elite Eight in March. Yeah, another team is Liberty, um, kind of like Oral Roberts. They have a similar situation with a high-scoring guard, Darius McGee, uh, another 2,000-plus point scorer. They have a fantastic coach in Richie McKay. He kind of runs a Virginia-esque system, style. We've seen that fail in the NCAA tournament. We've also seen that have great success. Um, But they're another team that plays just disciplined and and a great defensive team. I think defense translates more than offense in the the, the NCAA tournament. Um, And that's why another team, Kent State, is a team I would look for to go forward if they end up winning the MAC tournament. A dangerous team, one of the better defensive squads in the country. Those two teams I would trust um, if shown in my bracket as a 12 or 13 seed. Yeah, there's no question. It's going to be a fun march, but also a frustrating if you're betting on teams that uh, let you down very Stay easily. Stay away from the chalk, right, Stay, Kai? <laughs> I feel like that's probably the <laughs> that's best right. thing to do. Stay away. <laughs> I'm betting Liberty to win it all. There you go. Kai McEwen, three-man <laughs> we. Appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, we're, guys. We're weaving, all three of us. Weaving. We're weaving. Just weaving all three. I see what you did there. Very yeah, good. we're weaving.